It's time for the Rose Chat Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the world's most beloved flower, the rose. Join award-winning gardeners Chris Van Cleef and Teresa Byington as they chat with rose lovers and experts from around the globe. With each episode, you'll gain valuable knowledge and insights to achieve the rose garden you've always dreamed of. Listen now as we explore the world of roses. Hey friends, today I have the pleasure of chatting with Robin Jennings of Heirloom Roses. Now, I recently met Robin at the American Rose Society National Convention in Shreveport. And I can tell you, she is a beautiful young mother who really knows her roses and she knows how to run a fun booth, I'm telling you. Heirloom's booth had great information, of course, but it also had the best swag and a fun photo booth. Also at the convention, Robin facilitated the hybridizer forum, one of my favorite things, and she did a fantastic job. So, hey, Robin, welcome to Rose Chat. Hey, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me. Well, after seeing you in your element at the convention, I'm a big Robin fan. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So as you said, my name is Robin Jennings. I am the manager of strategic partnerships here at Heirloom Roses. Um, I'm actually from Canada originally, so that's zone three, but I Mm -hmm. fell in love with roses there because my mother grew them in their front yard. So um, I've had roses around for a long time, but never actually attempted to grow them till I moved to Oregon and um, took my hand at dahlias to start. So I actually um, bit the dahlia bug and now I'm obsessed and I have 200 dahlias, Um, but I started growing roses in addition to that. So now I think I'm up to 25 roses. So not nearly as much as you, Um, but it's a good family adventure. My kids get out there with me. And when I say it's time to weed, everybody runs away, but it's a lot of fun for me to have some alone time in the garden. So that's an unusual part of the story. Your gateway drug to roses was a dahlia. So yeah, that's great. They're beautiful. They're, They're a great beautiful. companion plant with roses. So yeah. you have to be so patient. Dahlias don't come here till August, September. So it's nice to have the roses in May, June, July, and then the dahlias come in addition later on. So yeah, that's a perfect pairing. I think that's really nice. Well, uh, what's new at Heirloom? Oh my goodness, so much is new at Heirloom. I feel like uh, we're really hitting our stride this year and it's just, it's an amazing company to work for. I'm so happy to be here. Um, We actually launched this year uh, Beneficial Insects in the Mail. So that was brand new for us um, to be mailing bugs. But I'll tell you that even like my kids were super excited about bugs in the mail. Um, We actually did a subscription service for this where you could buy it once and every month you would get four cards of unhatched larvae of different uh, beneficial insects like grace, uh, green lacewing larvae, cucumeris, parasitic wasps, and incarsia. So you could put them out in your garden because we prefer, if possible, to use natural methods for Mm -hmm. um, use prevention. And so we had a great response to our subscription service and we actually sold out in less than 24 hours. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was really, really exciting. Um, We also are about to launch um, a new trellis. We have two new trellis systems that we're going to be actually able to ship people. They come apart, so they're compact and you can configure them whichever way you want. So we have two of those coming this summer and also a a new reusable eco-friendly Climber ties. We're calling them loop lock. 
And I love these because when I'm trying to train my climbing roses, I'm forever using zip ties. And then I have to cut them and then rearrange them. And I'm running out of zip ties. And I think my son (laughs) likes to steal the zip ties to whatever project he's working on in the yard. (laughs) So um, these loop locks are great, reusable, super sturdy, um, and will allow you to reposition them for years to come. So I'm really excited about that. And our last new product we have coming is called Pure Protect Rose Spray. It is a natural product that repels spider mites, lace bugs, aphids, spiders, and the kicker is it also repels deer. So we're excited about this one because we are out here along the river on 40 acres here in Oregon, and we get deer all the time out here at the nursery. So we have really high fences to keep them out. But um, if we plant anything outside those fence line, they're usually gone the next day. So we're, we've been using this ourselves here and seeing great success. Oh, that's really good news in my garden because, of course, anything that fights disease. And we had so much deer pressure this winter. I mean, lots of deer eating lots of things. So this is really good news. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that one. I'm really excited for the Pure Protect. I think that's going to be a game changer for a lot of people who have have deer issues. So I'm excited for that one. Um, what else is going on? You know, we've really had to pivot this year at Heirloom with uh, a much deeper investment in plant health. We've seen, um, we had a lot less introductions this year than I would have liked. Um, and I think it's because of this virus issue in the industry. I'm seeing lots of chatter. I'm sure you have too, Teresa, on social media about gall, uh, rose mosaic, Um, rose rosette, which fortunately we don't have here in Oregon yet. Um, But there's a lot of chatter about roses arriving infected from various places. So we have really pivoted this year and are testing the genetics on every mother plant we use for propagation. And nothing comes into our nursery without being quarantined and genetically tested. And nothing leaves the nursery unless it is clean. So that is a really a huge priority for us that our customers know when they're buying a rose from Heirloom Roses, that it is perfectly clean and disease-free. Oh, this is such good news. Way to go, Heirloom. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And I love watching our plant health team. Like, man, those are some smart people. (laughs) They're going through all this data and stuff and trying to explain it to me on, you know, a basic level. And I'm it's, it's really exciting to see and heartbreaking when one of my favorite plants that I was hoping to introduce comes back with negative results. And then we just toss it off because we won't risk that for our customers' gardens or our own gardens. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. It is hard work. It's probably very expensive work, but we will be so much better for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think having clean product and everyone having that in their own gardens is critical. It is. It certainly is. Now, you mentioned that you didn't introduce as many roses as you would like. Did you have new rose introductions? We did. We had um, some new intros and some that we reintroduced. So I think we had 14 this year, which seems like a lot. But um, I I had a couple others on my wish list that didn't quite make the cut. Um, But we introduced a couple climbers. Good Day Sunshine is a bright yellow one. It's stunning. I just actually had um, a couple influencers on Instagram who were very, very excited for this particular bloom. Um, Lavender Crush, which is a climber. It's a lavender with a creamy white reverse and super fragrant. 
Um, we brought back Smart and Sassy. Mm-hmm. That's the red shrub with the yellow reverse. And then we had some David Austins in there. We had uh, Imogen, which has been selling really well. I've been really impressed with it. And I don't know if it's because of the rose itself or because that name is coming back in fashion. And I know lots of people with babies named Imogen. So I don't know if that's why it's coming back. But uh, we also had Carding Mill, Bathsheba, Darcy Bustle, Olivia Rose Austin. Um, I think that rounded out our Austins. Um, let's see. Honey Dijon. Mm-hmm. That was we introduced this year that we cannot keep in stock. I would say that's probably one of our top sellers this year. It's uh, a caramel color, which is just beautiful. Very on trend color wise and extremely fragrant. Oh, that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. And as you know, we introduced uh, Never Forget, which is our hybrid musk, which you talked about with Matt Douglas just a few weeks ago, I think. Yes, yes. We just released that a week or so ago. Yeah. 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 So um, the hi- it's a hybrid musk from Fabian and Florence Duchet in France. And it's an, um, it was created in honor of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So it is a really pretty with these precious little pink buds that open to white clusters of blooms with very bright stamens. And I, I particularly love it because not only is it like super pollinator friendly, which is really um, trending right now, but also it establishes really quickly. Our yeah. head grower was really impressed with how quickly it develops a really robust root system. Well, and it, you know, um, it stays a good size too. It's enough to make a statement. So it isn't four or five foot. Uh, it's enough to make a statement, but won't take over your garden. Exactly. And it thrives in zone six through 10. So a lot of people can grow it. And we're hoping that it'll be planted in gardens all over the country shortly. I'm seeing a picture of it. Um, it's draping over uh, or around um, one of the um one of the statues or nameplates. I can't really tell what it is, but it looks absolutely beautiful with yeah. the, yeah, it's really pretty. It just has a carefree look about it. I just love that. It just looks like it's just happy to be there and happy to grow and not very fussy. And that's what I yeah. love about those kind of roses. Yes. And you mentioned delicious scent, I think. Yes. It's very fragrant. So it's hitting a a lot of the buttons that we want to know about. Easy to grow, carefree, delicious scent. Yeah. And I'm seeing a trend in those open petaled roses. A lot of people are going more for the younger growers, at least I'm seeing, are going for the wild and free look. So more rugosas, more of the five to eight petaled open roses. And I think she falls into that category for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, my ragosas are just getting started and they're just so fragrant and so easy. And the deer don't like them, at least not here. So <laughs> it's no, another thing. Yeah, that's, I think the thorns on them deter them as well. <laughs> Maybe. Although I've seen them eat some pretty thorny roses, but <laughs> but yeah, they, they don't seem to like the ragosas as much. So that's nice. Well, and as she mentioned, if you want to learn more about hybrid musk roses, last week we talked to Matt Douglas and he told us all about them. So you can go back and listen to that. So you mentioned a little bit about popularity and I'm always always interested to know what is flying off the shelf. So are there others? Do you have a guess what the top seller is? Um, I'm going to say Earth Angel. You are absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah, Really? I see so much buzz about it. 
Earth Angel is just taking off right now. Um, another one is Plum Perfect. Golden Celebration is doing really great. Uh, James Galway, we sold out very quickly. We're hoping to bring some more back this season, but those went quickly. Uh, Louise Clemens, I'm really excited. This is one of my favorites, and I'm really seeing an uptick in sales for her. And the rose is beautiful. Louise Clements, the woman, is beautiful. So it's just a delight that that one is really doing well. And Coco Loco, as always. Yes, it's been a while. It's been on the, the trend list for quite a while. I had one. It didn't do as well for me. And so I've not had that one in a while, but it is beautiful. Everyone wants Coco, but they don't necessarily have the patience for her. I think she's one of our roses that really needs a couple seasons to get established and then she takes off. Like I've had her in my yard for this is her second year and she's still pretty small, but I know that it's just because she's developing her root system. So I'm not going to pull her out or anything. I'll let her keep going, but you got to be patient for her. Some of our other roses, um, like I planted a Madame Anisette, which has the delicious licorice scent. I just love her. Um, That's beauty. In one growing season, I think I planted her in May. And by August, she had four to five foot canes. Ooh. So she is a stunner too. I'm, but. Very is, she back, is she back in stock? I'm not sure. I think I've checked on her a couple of times and she was out of stock. So I'm just kind of, I'm having to be patient on that one. Yeah. Sign up for the back in stock notification. If anyone oh, yeah. wants a particular rose, that is the best way to be the first to know when she's back. And also it tells us we need to grow more of it. So if there's a rose you've been waiting on to sign up for the back in stock notifications is super helpful for us. Wonderful. Any other new uh, reintroductions? Um, not new introductions. We did bring uh, Nona is a new, a Floribunda from Ludwig with very long lasting blooms. It's a white mm. one. She's really, really pretty. We just brought that one in this year as well. Um, yeah, but other top sellers, we're seeing a major trend in climbers. I would say out of our, you know, 15 top sellers, about nine of them are climbers. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's great. I mean, you know, um, cottage gardenings are, uh, gardens are back in style, which is, you know, my, my style of gardening. Yeah. And I always tell people anything drapey, anything that goes up and over, it just sets the tone. It just does it for me. And it just gives you that classic cottage look. So I'm so glad to hear that one. Yeah. Eden, of course, is a top seller. New Dawn, which I know you love. Uh, Joseph's Coat, Kiss Me Kate, Polka. Polka is having her little time in the spotlight right now. Um, I just planted that one at my house. I'm very excited. She's so fragrant. And I love the ruffly petals on her. Mm-hmm. Um, impressionist, which is a shorter climber, but still nonetheless can be trained. Uh, Westerland and Quicksilver are all doing really great this year. I'm real tempted on Quicksilver. That's awfully pretty. It is so pretty. Just yeah. like, I love how the purple fades, the gentlest lavender, and it almost looks like watercolor brush strokes on the petals. Mm, that just sounds really enticing. I was on the look for lavender or purple or something to replace a rose I had lost and uh, decided I was hearing some buzz about Plum Perfect, which you also mentioned, and I bought three of them. They're just beginning to show color. I cannot wait to see what they do. Yeah, there's a big trend in purple all of a sudden. I've never I've never been like a purple flower fan, but then I had planted Plum Perfect in Twilight Zone and now I'm sold. 
Well, another one that I had had years ago was Poseidon, and that's the one that mm. I lost. <clears throat> and it's not purple. It's more lavender, but it was a great one, too, for many, many years, and then I lost it. But no. but that was um, – I was kind of looking for that color, but Plum Perfect, I mean, those pictures, they will get you. <laughs> hmm Yeah. So fragrant, too. I love that one. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I'll let you know how it does. Okay. <laughs> We're so close. We're so close. Yeah, I'm seeing just like you were saying about the cut gardens. I'm just seeing like a, a trend in the cottage cut gardens and the younger generation of growers coming in post pandemic. We really have like this big gap in our customer base where there's a lot of the older rosarians. And then we have a lot of newbie gardeners um, that have joined since COVID where they sat around looking at their yards, realizing how <laughs> bare they looked and wanting to recreate grandma's backyard, right? Yes. You know, I always say hats off to grandmas because um, you often the stories that you hear from people are, well, my grandmother and sometimes even my grandfather, but my grandmother, there's just an an emotional attachment to what grandmothers do. And the same thing was in our family. I remember a huge hedge and no one ever talked about what that hedge was made of. And I know there were other things uh, roses, but uh, in my grandmother's yard, her big yard, and I didn't really know what was there until I started growing rugosas. And I'm absolutely sure once I smelled those uh, those fragrant fragrant rugosa blooms, I thought that must have been what was in her hedge. Mm-hmm. And it was just a thick hedge. But we do get an attack. We do have that attachment. I think oftentimes you hear, "Well, my grandmother did this, and I want to reproduce that." So. And I think it's because, at least for me, my grandmother's home was a place of calm. I had four sisters, there's four girls in my family. So it was a little bit chaotic at my house. So my grandmother's place was calm and fragrant. And there was always ginger snap cookies and little soda bottles. You know, like it was just, it was a lovely place to be. And I think for a lot of us, that was like a solace to be able to go sit in the garden at grandma's house. And so now we're trying to all recreate it in our space. Oh, I see. I love that. I think it was Matt. Uh, and when we talked about hybrid musk, the, uh, was it Pemberton that started that? And he was trying to create grandmother roses. So it just generations past, even we're looking to their grandmothers as well. So I'm so glad you had that experience. And I hope I can provide that experience for my grands too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other trends I'm seeing is um, sharing the blooms. Like mm-hmm. just, um, there's a there's a company called Growing Kindness. It's a not, nonprofit that encourages people to cut their blooms and share them. And they even give you like free printable tags that have cute little sayings on them and stuff so you can pass them around. And I know that's something that, uh, like with you were saying earlier, how many roses you have and how much extra blooms you have. And I'm the same way with my 200 dahlias and now all mm-hmm. my rose plants as well Is my goal this summer is really just to not hoard my plants <laughs> to share. <laughs> right. Cause there's so many blooms. I couldn't possibly fill my house with all of them. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. One of our favorite pictures uh, when my kids were growing up, they each had their own 10 by 10, actually, raised bed garden. And they could grow whatever they wanted to. And Matt would grow, and Lacey would mostly grow um, with flowers. And, and Matt would often grow vegetables. And he tried peanuts and all sorts of things. But one of my favorite pictures is he has his little tykes wagon. It's loaded up with bouquets and, oh. and jars and little bags of green beans. And he is on 
he is starting his route to deliver to our neighbors. So that's just like, adorable. no, he was adorable. He's still adorable. And, you know, and that just, you know, my kids are still gardeners and they still share that sort of thing. So it is such a sweet thing that you can do with your children. They help a little bit and they can put flowers in a vase and then share it with someone. It's it's a really special thing. And they love doing, I know my children love doing their own arrangements. They want to pick their color pattern. And I've got my 14 year old, she's very particular with her color pattern, a palette that she uses. And then my 10 year old, who's my free spirit is like every vibrant mismatched color she can find. And, and it's just, (laughs) it's a delight to watch them use their creativity and then to go to the library and hand that to the librarian and let them sit on their counter or go to the local coffee shop or the neighbor down the road. My kids like to um, add a little note and ding dong ditch people with them. And I just think it's, it's a joy to be able to share kindness and beauty with the world. And that's what we want to empower our customers to do is just to grow and share beauty. Oh, so good. So good. You're making a difference. You're making a difference. Um, Um, some of the roses you were talking about. I wanted to go back and talk about the roses. I have Imogen. I have all, you said Imogen. I've always said Imogene. So I've stand corrected. So it's Imogen and I love the rose. So did the deer, unfortunately. Oh, no. So she's still small, but it is a beautiful rose. And talk a little bit more about the open blooms. You said you thought that was a trend with the younger people to have the open blooms. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people who are just stepping into roses who maybe are vegetable growers or um, just other like even dahlias or zinnias or just little bits of flowers, but they're afraid of roses because they think that they're fussy and scary. And so we're doing a lot of education on just why we only grow own root roses and how beneficial roses can be to bring pollinators to the garden. So we have a lot of people calling customer service, asking what roses are most pollinator friendly um, and would bring beneficial insects to their yards. So we're seeing a trend of more rugosas and um, like Lida rose, all those open petaled roses. And, and mm. never forget, of course, is one of those. Oh, and it, I'm still looking at that picture and it's absolutely a gorgeous rose. I'm going to have to get that on my list for sure. So pretty. Well, are there any other trends that we're missing? What about colors? Oh, colors. Desert tones is still pretty predominant. Um, all those muted tones, the creams and the caramels. I mean, my dream is to find a mocha rose, like a deep mocha would be amazing. Um, but I think that desert tone is still um, trending pretty strong. And I'm seeing little bits of um, like jewel tones added in more like a Victorian garden style. Mm-hmm. So I am on the hunt for a new deep raspberry rose. So if any hybridizers are listening and they happen to have a deep raspberry rose, I am looking for that one. That mm. I think is going to be the next big seller. So I'm really excited for that one. Mm, sounds sounds neat. Sounds luscious. We yes. want our raspberries out there. I I have a lot of pink, as you can imagine. I've been growing for 35 years, and there's been a lot of pink roses yeah. that I have fallen in love with through the years. But then I've added several peach roses, and now I'm in now I'm into the purple. So who knows? I may go to raspberry. I'm usually not red. Usually with all that I've got going on, red's not usually my thing. But who knows? You know, I could jump on the trend if it comes, when it comes. <laughs> well, I think Darcy Bustle is a great example of like that really 
not red, not, it's like almost that raspberry, just real pretty. I just want something that lasts a little bit longer on the plant. That is an absolute, I don't consider that red. That is absolutely a gorgeous rose um, and one that we still see. Um, I know that David Austin has discontinued um, some of their roses that they're selling. Does that mean that you guys can no longer sell them or can you still sell them even if they don't? Or how does that work? Um, No, if David Austin discontinues a rose, then um, we can no longer propagate them. So we are the only nursery in the United States that can propagate David Austin roses. Um, And so we have a list from them that we work with every year. But when they discontinue a rose, then it's gone for good. I know that was heartbreak last year when Jude the Obscure and Abraham Darby went away. We had a lot of people going, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. And I kept saying, no, buy them. It's really true. They're going away. Mm -hmm. And so... Fortunately, I got a couple of each for my yard, which is nice. But when they do take them away, then they're gone for good. And I think it's because um, David Austin is trying to perfect um, their disease resistance and bloom lo- um, longevity and things like that. So they are pulling some old ones and reintroducing new ones each year. And I think that's just a really, you know, good, um, it's just a good practice. You know, we do love them. We love to look at them, but we don't want things in our, our uh, gardens that are going to be disease magnets and, you know, get everyone else sick. So it's, it's very, um, it's very good that they're doing that. You know, we do have emotional attachments that we just have to deal with sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, even in my garden, I, I always go back to fragrant cloud. She was the first rose that came with my house that I bought. And um, I just love her. And she's super disease resistant. And she might not be the fanciest rose in the block, but she's steady and consistent. And I think when we go after really good traits in a rose, not just the trend of the day, that's when Mm -hmm. we get really beautiful gardens. And that's one of the most beautiful roses, I think. It just, I grew it years ago, haven't had it in a while. I was on the look for it there for a little while and didn't find it. But but um, even those roses that, that were so popular in, in the 80s, um, I don't want a garden of those because, you know, they just uh, are uh, divas for sure. But every once in a while, I want one in a pot on the deck just so I can just, you know, those blooms sometimes in the fragrance. I do miss that, but it's just not something I'm going to do a lot in my garden. But boy, and you go to a rose show and you see how people are growing those perfect. I mean, you do go, whoa, I mean, it is pretty spectacular. But yeah. uh, not anything, I'm going to have a lot of those, but it is a nice occasionally to have one of those fragrant ones that just takes a little bit of care. Yep. Two or three blooms and my whole house smells. I just love it. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I just, uh, because I'm going to, I want to make a bunch of bouquets, I want these roses that just bloom and bloom and bloom and bloom. And so many of these new hybridized roses are just fantastic with their blooming. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I mean, they start late May and they just don't let up. Yeah, I know. It's The genetics are getting better and better each year. And, and we have all those hybridizers who are tirelessly working to come up with the best parent plants um, to create these beautiful new roses for us. So I'm really grateful for all their efforts. Absolutely. I, I so love that team of, of guys that you had. And there's so many others I'd add to that list <clears throat> that are just work tirelessly, many <clears throat> as a hobbyist, but they're just doing beautiful work that just mm-hmm. um, makes our backyard gardens more beautiful for sure. For sure. Yeah. 
Now let's talk a little bit about heirloom roses, roses, um, how you ship them, what are you looking for and what can we expect when we open up our packages? Sure. Um, well, one of the differentiating factors for us is you can order roses on our site year round and we will ship year round. So if you see a rose now, that but you're on vacation and you don't have time to plant it this summer and you want it to arrive next May, we can do that. So that's really exciting that you can um, buy now and ship whenever mm-hmm. it's convenient for you. Uh, when we do ship, um, we've got it down to a science now. I wish um, I could show you a video of our shipping department, but if you follow us on social media, we've done videos from time to time of the journey of a rose through our, through our site, and that's really exciting. Um, we do defoliate our roses when we ship them, which I know sometimes is a shock to people when they open up their box and they're like, this looks like sticks. But we do that because it's just better for the plant's health in transit. And the le- it's not getting any sunlight anyways. It's, so it just will allow the plant to conserve energy and focus on those roots and retaining moisture. And then when it arrives within a week to two weeks, it should flush out new um, foliage right away. I actually saw a post on Instagram the other day of someone sharing their, they had ordered three different orders from us. And they arrived three uh, sequential weeks. And so they showed it the day one arrived and one had been out for a month, a week, and one had been out for two weeks and all the different growth on them. (laughs) And I'm like, that is a great example of how quickly they leaf out. So um, I also love that when we ship, we put a bamboo cane in each pot so that FedEx could deliver that box upside down on your doorstep and the rose isn't going anywhere. It's just held in place and protected. Um, I've seen a couple of people planting the roses with that bamboo cane. You don't need to do that. You can remove the cane. Um, but it's just a really healthy plant when it arrives. I ordered from another nursery a while ago, and my box was full of loose dirt, and my plant was actually out of the pot. And I was so disappointed. So I really appreciate all the effort our team goes into to um, securely package each rose. Yeah, I've I've had um, at least three delivered from heirloom this year, and well, they're all leaving out. They're all leaved out, doing well. And there were probably a few weeks uh, in between. I should have done those timed pictures <laughs> to know, but yeah. they they look fabulous now, and they are definitely on their way. So I appreciate all the details that you go to to help us fight diseases. You know, we want our gardens to be gardens of joy, not gardens of diseases and frustration. And so all these things that you're doing is so appreciated. Yeah. And we have a great customer care team too, where you can um, now on our website, we actually have a chat feature where if you don't want to wait on hold, you can actually chat us and um, we can get back to you right away. You can send pictures that way. If there's something that you're not sure about with your rose, we can take a look at it and our head growers and our plant health team review those. Um, You can email us or call us. So we've got a great team that are um, around the country. So we have extended hours for our customer care as well. Oh, excellent. So, you know, I think I did see that last time I was on your site, that little chat box that that popped up. So we can just put our questions in there, our comments, and um, be talking with someone. That's great. Yeah, and even if it's after hours, if you realize something at 10 o'clock at night and we're closed, you can chat it and it turns it into an email and sends it to us so we can respond to you by email. Oh, my goodness. I love it. This yeah. is so good. Oh, you know, because I think of the best things at 11 o'clock at night. You know, I think of, oh, yeah, yeah. 
So then the phone's there and then I'm going to take a note and then I'm going to get all awake. And, and for years, my husband would say no reading garden magazines near bedtime. (laughs) So, so I had to give that up because, you know, I'm planning garden and I've got the graph paper out my, in my head, even if I don't physically have it. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I gave that up and then we went to, you know, phones. And so it's, you know, with us all the time, you know, safety and all that. And so of course, pop that thing on it's just it could be two o'clock in the afternoon so in my head (laughs) so we do have to be careful well I have a confession I have a notebook with graph paper on my side of the bed too so (laughs) I'm constantly sketching out where to move things as well (laughs) oh my goodness I was just speaking to a large group of master gardeners and uh last week and and, uh, and I told him, you know, I, I said, I have a dog-eared, you know, book of uh, graph paper, and I'm not afraid to use it. I am a pen, pencil and paper person. And I asked him if they were too. And I said, you know, you just, you can get things down and, you know, in your head, but when you get it on paper, oh, that might not work. You know, those colors might not go. You might not have room for that or, you know, get it on paper just really, really helps. So here's to the pencil and paper people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> It does help us. It helps us think through things a little better. Um, is there anything we haven't covered? This has been fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure. I just, well, I want to say, I just loved attending the ARS convention. I just thought that was a delight and a joy just to meet so many different Rosarians from all over the country and see all those beautiful blooms. And just, oh, yes. I was so encouraged because I feel like the next generation of rose growers is up and coming. I mean, people my age and younger, I think, I think we're slowly stepping our toes in the water and falling in love with these roses um, the same way that you long-term Rosarians have already mm-hmm. done. And yeah. I'm just hopeful for the future of rose growing and the next generation and I know my kids are going to do it. They all have a favorite rose already. So I'm excited for that. And I'm just, I'm very hopeful. I'm just hopeful. I am too. You know, we've just seen a lot of um, those of us that have been more on the front line of kind of watching what is going on in the rose world. I mean, just really, really good things, good people, enthusiasm, and lots of young people that are just bringing their ideas to the table. And I just love that. And, you know, we saw the... um, the farm to table movement and we saw the kind of garden to table movement. And now that's including flowers. You know, you can pick your tomatoes and your lettuce and bring it in for your salad, but you can also pick your flowers and bring them in for your table. And I just love that. I've loved seeing that evolution and, and um, just people falling in love with their yards and, and, you know, we didn't get a lot of good things out of COVID, of course, but spending more time at home and looking out at your garden or looking out at your yard, dreaming that it could be a garden, you know, it's a pretty easy reality with some of the great varieties of roses that we have that are easy and a few packages of seeds and you're on your way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we all have the freedom to create the garden that we want. It doesn't have to be a cottage garden style or it doesn't have to be symmetrical. It can be whatever. One year I planted all my dahlias in alphabetical order and the next year I did them in rainbow order. And and I'm doing that with my, I find I'm moving my roses probably too much, but um, I'm <laughs> shuffling them around the yard till I get just the look I want. And that's okay because it's a, my own little piece of Eden that I'm creating. Oh, and it's just what does please you. You can you can get, you know, all the recommendations, but what do you love? There's there's something for everyone for sure. Even years ago I was president of a garden club locally and 
and they said, well, you get to pick the theme for the year or whatever. I was like, oh, yes. And my theme was ever-changing gardens because I'm a digger. I move things around a lot. Oh, nice to know I'm not the only one. Good. You are not. You're in great company because, you know, it's just, well, you know, those um, rose tags are really important, but sometimes things get happier in your yard than that tag really tells you that it will. Or sometimes things don't, you know, they don't live up to their hype or you change your mind or heirloom roses advertises all these beautiful roses and you think, okay, we got to get closer people because, you know, and that's one of the good things about cottage gardens, you know, these things have to get used to getting up close and personal with their neighbors and you can fit more things in. So that's a absolutely. Good <laughs> well, Hey, I also just wanted to encourage any new growers out there um, that we've got a new uh, system on our website where you can narrow down the specifics of the rose you're looking for. Cause we do have over 900 varieties, which can be a little intimidating. Um, <laughs> you can narrow it down by zone, by color, by level of fragrance, um, if your hips are important to you or shade uh, tolerable is important to you, you can sort by all those things. Um, so I just want to encourage people to use that app to uh, narrow down the choices so you don't have to scroll through all 900. And I actually rewrote the descriptions for every rose on our site this past year, which was a labor of love and very intensive. But uh, we have some that say new to roses, pick me. And so if you're new to roses, that is a great choice. We've got some really easy to grow, beautiful choices on our site. So, Oh, that is so good. You know, the new to me, or if you're looking for something in particular, what a great service, you know, well done, well done indeed. That is such a, such a help to people because everyone has limited time, you know, whether you're a stay at home mom and you have so many people telling you um, what to do with your time or you're working or, I mean, we're all busy. We're all filling our lives filled. So anything you can do to help us narrow things down to get to what we want is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to offer your readers a discount code. If they'd like, you can use code ROSECHAT20 for 20% off all roses now through July 31st. Great. And those roses don't have to be shipped now. As you said, you can order it, get your discount, but have it shipped next year or whenever, right? Yep. I love fall planting too. So if you like to plant in the fall to give them a head start for spring growth, you can always plant in August, September too. Okay. I have one more question for you. Okay. Of the 200 dahlias, what's your your favorite? Uh, My favorite is easily innocence. Easily Innocence. Yeah, she was one of the first ones that I got, and she is a very blush pink. Um, I just love her. She's a tall grower and always one of my first up. So Innocence is absolutely my favorite one. And actually, that was my daughter's spelling word this week, and she remembered how to spell it because she's written it on so many tubers for me. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. That is like the best story. No, that is really a good story. That's right up there with Matt and his little, little tykes wagon. That is right up there. Well, um, I just, you know, I guess everyone in the world was probably thinking you were going to say cafe LA. So no, I mean, she's pretty, but no, innocence really stole my heart. Okay. So I'm going to look for that one. I, you know, I think this year I've got 2022, but you know, um, Lots more in the rose department. (laughs) I'll have a lot to share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Robin, thanks so much for joining me today. It has been such a delight. It was such a delight to meet you and your enthusiasm. And I just appreciated your being at the convention and just adding so much. Oh, it was my joy to be there. Thanks for having me.
And friends, thank you for joining us today. Next week, I'll be chatting with Rose Chat favorite, Ron Daniels. Now, Ron has a new book to tell us about and so much more. Until next time, enjoy time in your garden. You've been listening to the Rose Chat Podcast with Chris Van Cleve and Teresa Byington, expert rose gardeners who want to help you achieve the rose garden of your dreams. Don't miss an episode. Listen anytime on our website at rosechatpodcast.com or listen on the go via the Rose Chat app on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Share this podcast with your social networks and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag RoseChat. Join us next time for another edition of the Rose Chat Podcast. The Rose Chat Podcast is a production of the Rose Chat Media Group, Birmingham, Alabama.